0: Listening to the Story Embers podcast, a podcast dedicated to guiding and inspiring Christian storytellers to glorify God with excellent craftsmanship. I'm your host, Grace Livingston, and welcome to episode 30, Finding Time to Write When You Have No Time. I'm Grace Livingston.
1: I'm Josiah Gruff.
0: I'm Hope Ann. And I'm Brandon Miller. And today we're discussing one of a writer's worst enemies, and that's the phrase, but I don't have time. We've all been there. In fact, I'm kind of there right now, full disclosure. It, it happens. In fact, in our survey we sent out at the end of last year to both the Story Embers community and the broader community of Christian writers, we learned that nearly half of our survey takers struggled the most with finding time to write. Not with plots, not with characters or theme. This is a big obstacle for a lot of writers. Uh, Now, we've already done an episode on general writing habits and disciplines, which I'll link in the show notes, but today we're going to dive into finding time to write specifically. So let's just jump right in. What have been some of your experiences with having trouble finding time to write?
1: I'll go first because I haven't written since like August, so obviously I should go first one thing if you want to know if you want to know how to make time to write in your life this is the best piece of advice i've probably ever received sit down and write a list of everything that you do your work your family time how you spend time with friends what you do when you're home alone how much time you read every if you do it at all write it on this list responsibilities groups you're a part of, hobbies, anything and everything goes on this list. Then organize it by priority, which is easy. You just take it the top thing. Do I want this top thing more than the thing beneath it? If yes, leave it on top. If no, knock it down. And you just do that until you have it all sorted so that everything that is every item on the list is more important than the item below it. And then start at the bottom. If I never play tennis again, will I be okay with that? If yes, cut it off the list and put writing there. And then if I never go to the mall on a Friday night and get a pretzel, yes, then cut it off the list and put writing there and just work writing up until you hit the first time that you say, no, I would rather do that and never write again. And then everything beneath the list gets cut so that you have time for writing. I did this activity, just for the record, and for this season of my life, I looked at all the, the things that I was doing, which was not very many, and I said, writing is more important than none of these. And so I'm, I'm taking a break from writing. So it
2: doesn't always work out the way you maybe wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> I, do think, I do think it's the, the right thing to suggest, though. And, and you know, this is what I've done at multiple points in my life. And also, what I you know, what I recommend I've recommended to several of the different writers I've tutored or coached over the past several years. Because I'd say probably probably about half of the writers that I've worked with, you know, a lot of their struggle is finding time to write. And so, this is an active discussion we've had. And one of the reasons why I really like this exercise is not only because it's effective, but also because I think it gets to the root issue which is that often when we're saying we don't have enough time to write, that's not really true. It's not that we don't have enough time to write. It's that writing isn't currently high enough on our priority list because we always make sure that we you know, accomplish our priorities. And you know, the reason why I like this exercise is because it makes that clear and gives us a chance to reflect on what our priorities are. If we are spending our time doing things that aren't actually priorities, you know, it can be a wake-up call to realize that, oh, Well, if tennis isn't a big, as big of a deal for me as writing, you know, and tennis is preventing me from writing, I need to give up tennis. You know, but it can also reveal when it is appropriate to have certain seasons where we're just not able to write as much. Brandon, you know, you're currently in that boat. I'd say that two years ago, you know, when I graduated from college and, you know, became a first year teacher at a high school and wasn't given any curriculum, I was just given a bunch of books you know, Is I like teach these co- create you know you 180 days worth of lesson plans for all of your your different classes and do all the research you know that's required to be able to to teach English well. I didn't get very much writing done during that time because my priorities couldn't be there. But also you know I also knew why I didn't have time to write because I knew what was it. it's not because I'm procrastinating. It's not because I'm being lazy. Both of those can be true, but in this case it was simply the case of you know sometimes you know, your inability to find time to write really comes down to sometimes an appropriate sometimes it's not always the the right use of priorities. But sometimes right use of priorities does mean that, you know, writing, you know, needs to take a back burner seat for you know some seasons of your life. Another benefit of going through this
1: exercise and determining where writing is on your priority list is that it can provide peace of mind for you in your decision of how decisions how to spend your time. Like for me, I just got engaged. I'm planning a wedding. I I have no time to write right now. And if I had just been like, started getting busy, started writing less, started not writing, started trying to cram writing into little corners of my life, I would be super stressed right now and feel like I have no time. But instead, I've gone through my priorities. I've looked at this and I've seen I don't have time for writing right now. And I've set it aside and I can focus on life as life is for me right now and after the wedding after my entire life has changed i can reevaluate those priorities and figure out where i am going forward but for this season of my life i'm at peace with my time management decisions because i've made active time management decisions instead of just ran out of time
3: yeah i really like i really like that method and i've kind of done the same thing i've just come at it from the opposite direction where it's it's a method I've been using with writing and also just with the whole, all the different things I do in life in general. But I figure out what the end goal is 20 years down the road. Where do I want to be in 20 years with writing? And I don't do it just with writing. I do it with the rest of life and I'm not going to go into the whole system of how I organize my life because it gets too complicated. And then I just look at it and say, what is the most important thing that I want to get done in the next, say, 20 years? where do i want to be in my writing and i can look at that and see i want i you know i want to be a speaker here or i want to be have this many traditionally published books and then i can just back that down to if i want if if this is the one thing i want to do in writing in these next 20 years then that means i need to get whatever so much done within the next 5 years so much done within the next 1 year and i can break it down to just small pieces it helps you time block out enough time to actually get done things but beyond that it also helps me look at you know I have flash fiction I like to do I would love to do short stories and publish in different magazines I love to you know start looking and say hey maybe I could get money here maybe I could do this maybe I could do that but I look at all of it I'm like the one thing I want to do is get a traditionally published book in the next say two years so my writing time that I find is going to be spent on getting this book ready and getting it publishable and pitching it. I'm not going to worry about all these other little things that I could do. That's more focusing the time that you have rather than getting time. But when you do that with your whole life, it's kind of like what Brandon said. You look and say, okay, in you know five years, this is where I want to be. I'm going to be married I'm not going to get there by writing this next book in six months. I'm going to get there by spending this time with my family. I'm going to get there by finishing this college course or doing this job. And so when you see your big end picture and then you kind of just back up from there and get everything lined up with your priorities of this is what's most important. This is what I'm going to get done.
1: Another aspect of the set a goal and then work backwards from that to figure out how to get there is that it's a really great way to outline a book, just so you know.
0: Well there you go. Make each plot twist in your story, play as many roles as possible, and make your podcast advice as applicable to as many areas of writing as possible. So, um that was a more macro look at finding time to write, and I loved all that you guys said about that, but How about on the more day-to-day scale? What are some ways each of you make time to write throughout your day when you're struggling to fit it in?
2: Another tactic that I've, which is a very simple tactic, but I've found to really pay dividends and be really helpful, is simply not putting writing off to the very end of the day. For my first couple of years in college, I didn't think I had time to write, and writing was always the last thing on my schedule, and it kind of happened at the end of the week as it got time. And, you know, there are a couple of things that changed in my last two years of college. One was certainly, like, reorganizing my priorities. But part of what that looked like was that, you know, instead of, you know, just doing writing, you know, at the end of the day or at the end of the week, carve out times early on in the week to make sure that I wrote. You know, I've also made that change this year. And that you know, after you know, a day of teaching, one of the first things I do when I get back from teaching is I sit down and I write. Part of making a priority means that it's going to be one of the first things I seek to accomplish. And, you know, Part of that is just due to my own mental energy, that when it's you know, 9 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, I'm just not going to be as good of a writer as I'm going to be earlier in the day. Part of it is just trying to put myself in a certain rhythm of life where I'm carving aside time for it. For me, the difference of, you know, only r- trying to just write at the end of the day or the end of the week versus carving out earlier times really makes such a difference. in when I find time to write, um, because it's, you know, it's being intentional with it and setting early times in the day before it just gets pushed back to the laundry list of whatever else I need to do.
3: It's it's interesting because actually a scientific thing as well, part of one of the books I've read of you should do your most important, your highest priority things first, because the brain only has so much energy. People talk about how you just need more willpower, but really you only have so much energy to force yourself to do things through the day. And so you use it up during the first part of the day. By the end of the day, you tend to make just more default decisions. You don't want to do things. You don't have as much energy. And there's a whole bunch of cool studies and stuff. But you do the stuff that's important first, both to get it done, which is priorities, and also just because that's the best time to get done anything you're doing, whether it's business stuff, whether it's marketing, whether it's your writing, whatever you want to get done, the earlier in the day before your brain is worn out from everything else and all the energy of other things you have to do, you can get a much bigger reward for your effort because you're putting in a fresher part of your brain in a sense.
2: Right. Because I think that oftentimes, you know, one of the things that's missed when we're just talking about time, you know, and this is you know something I really began to study and think about a lot. Two years ago, is that sometimes we're really talking about is not a lack of time, but a lack of mental energy. You know, there's a lot of times we might have time to write, but when we're just when we've lost all of our mental energy throughout the day, you know, when we sit down, we just can't churn anything out. Part of you know preserving time to write also means understanding when do we have the most mental energy in writing in such a way, setting aside our time in such a way, we're trying to preserve not only our time but also our mental energy
1: and trying to find out what time works best for you takes experimentation and it takes paying attention to yourself and your own body. Because I know people who write best from 11 o'clock at night to one in the morning. Whereas for me, I write best early in the morning. And so when I'm writing, my schedule looks like get up, get ready to go to work, write, and then go to work because that's the only way for me that consistent writing will ever happen. I don't have the mental energy and I don't have the schedule to allow me to write after work. So, but that's just me. And I know other people who it's totally different for them. So, you just need to know yourself, your schedule, and when it works best for you and get it, get your writing in when it works best. Another thought, I want to just go back real quick to talking about making a list of what you do with your life and cutting things out. All the examples that we've given have been fl- have been fun, silly things to cut out of your schedule, but you also should evaluate your responsibilities and your tasks, your daily tasks, your weekly tasks. Evaluate everything that you do, and if there's responsibilities that you don't want or that you that aren't important to you, get rid of them. I was on a couple of different boards and staffs for groups where I wasn't really doing anything. I was just there and it was taking up my time and my energy. And there wasn't really a point for me to be there. And so I started cutting those out and none of them were big time commitments, but all added up, it saved me a lot of time. So just evaluate. Evaluate everything. Don't just cut all the fun stuff out of your schedule. Just like you can't just cut all the spending money out of your budget. A budget without spending money is not a budget because you will never keep it. And it's the same with a schedule. A schedule without anything fun isn't a schedule because you will explode.
3: Yes, that is important. That's important just generally in life. You need to take time to de-stress and to relax whether you are writing or whether it's work or whether it's college, you need to just take some time to relax. Otherwise your brain will just, it won't be good.
2: And sometimes I think that's the most valuable thing we can do if we really want to write. You know, there have been days where I've come back and I'm just you know back from work and I am not, I don't have the mental energy to write. And so instead what I'll do is I'll sit down and I'll read a book for, for 30 minutes, you know, some work of fiction I'm currently reading through. And often for me that's you know, that's enough to give me my mental energy back, which then means that you know, maybe I only write for an hour and a half instead of two hours or half an hour instead of an hour. But that time is so much more productive because I've made sure to kind of safeguard and you know value and preserve my mental energy and replenish it before I'm trying to spend it all when I've already lost it all.
0: We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Finding time to write, keeping consistent habits, actively engaging in a writing community and sharpening your own skills as a writer, it can all become overwhelming sometimes. Add to that an episode of creative burnout, and it's real easy to feel like quitting. We've all been there, and at Story Embers, we want to help you keep your passion for writing alive. That's why we've compiled our Words for the Weary Writer eBook, a collection of articles meant to encourage and uplift when you doubt your calling as a writer. Visit our resource library through the link in this episode's show notes to download this free ebook today. Welcome back, everyone. Today we're discussing the constant struggle most writers face in finding time to write. So far, the panelists have shared some of their tricks for making sure they have time to write throughout the week, and they've talked about how each of them have faced seasons of life where writing was something they accepted they didn't need to make time for. I'd kind of like to revisit that last thought. You all mentioned that there may very well be times when writing needs to be put on the back burner and yield to other responsibilities. But let's say I feel like I can't find time to write and I'm thinking it may need to take a back seat. How can I be sure that this is the case? And how can I make sure that I'm not just using my busy schedule as an excuse to procrastinate?
1: One thing that helps me mentally is just in my head, Make in your head, make the switch from I don't have time to write to I'm not making time to write because that's all it is. Like everybody has 24 hours in a day, you can use it however you want. Now, food and lodging is important, but you can use your 24 hours, you can prioritize that however you want. So don't tell me you don't have time in a day because it's there. Are you making time? Yes or no? If you're not making time, is it because you're goofing off, or is it because you have other priorities? But just make the switch in your head from "I don't have time" to "I'm not making time." And then, if you're not making time, and that's where you need to be in your life, be okay with that. But if you're just don't have time,
2: that's an excuse, right? And I think the other important thing that does is it is it reframes the issue. Right? We're no longer passive victims. Who are just you know suffering the costs of you know however time happens to be used? It means that we are taking control and we're taking responsibility and being good stewards of our time. You know, time isn't going to be something that we use as an excuse, but something we're putting ourselves in position where we understand the the choices that we're able to make in this regard. You know, I, I, I absolutely agree, Brandon. I think that that slight reframing, while it might not seem like much is actually a really big deal and whether or not you'll ever be able to make time to write because it's a question of are you in charge of your time or is your time in charge of you?
3: And also part of it, once you have decided, if you have decided that I don't have time at the moment, if you keep an eye on the big picture, it can make it more encouraging because it's not like I'm giving up writing right now or I'm only writing this little bit right now. You can look and you can say, this is why I'm only writing it, but I will be finishing this in a year and then I'll be able to reevaluate and then maybe I'll have more time to write. So it's like you look at the big picture. I have my whole life to do this. It's not like my author's life is bound up in what I will produce in the next six months or the next 12 months.
0: I love that reminder. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our discussion questions for this episode. Did anyone have any final thoughts or something you'd like to add on to what's been said?
1: I have a kind of an off, it's not off topic, but a side note for younger listeners.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Brandon.
1: When I was younger, um, early teens, um, a big struggle for me and for a lot of my writing friends was I want to write but my parents don't give me time to write what do i do for the most part my parents were really good about writing i had a lot of writing time but there were there were times where things were busy, and I didn't feel like I was getting as much time as I needed. And I had a lot of friends who just like, I never get to write because I'm always supposed to be doing school. And I went to a workshop by Stephanie Morrill, who is a writer, she posts or she helps run Go Teen Writers, and she writes historical mysteries. And she's great. She said something that really how I approached time management, at that age and that was your parents won't respect your writing time if you don't respect your writing time if you are goofing off during your writing time your parents won't give you writing time if you are choosing other activities over writing time your parents won't see your writing time as a priority so you have to take the first step you have to go out there you have to block off time fun time out of your schedule and then you have to sit down and be intentional about writing and most parents if they see their child taking initiative and working on something productive and creative most parents will get behind that once they've seen that you're serious about it so that would just be an encouragement for younger writers
0: Thank you all for coming on, and thanks to all of you listeners who tuned in. What topics would you like to hear discussed on the podcast? Email us at info at storyumbers.org to let us know. And as always, special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Taylor Cloxton and Michael Stanton. Want to help us better guide and inspire Christian storytellers? Visit patreon.com slash or follow the link in this episode's show notes to become a supporter and get access to exclusive Storyumbers updates, swag, and more. Finally, join me again on September 21st as Josiah and I team up with S staff writer Gabriel Pollock and SE managing editor Brianna Storm Hilvity to discuss the unsung heroes of the writing process. All on the next episode of the Story Inverse Podcast.